Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Of course, we got rain here where I am, you know, so. I don't know whether you heard this or not, but uh, the Air Force lost an F-35 jet over the weekend. Yeah, where'd they lose it? Well, the Air Force is asking the public for help finding a lost F-35 jet. That's one of those really fancy ones with all the angles, you know. Uh, like, I think they cost they cost like a billion dollars or two. Uh, yeah, pretty anyway, It was lost over South Carolina on Sunday afternoon uh, after the pilot ejected. And he ejected safely. He ejected into actually the backyard of somebody. And uh, they took him to the hospital. They say he's in stable condition. So obviously he was hurt, but uh, he will be okay. But they can't find the plane. Now, How the hell does that happen? Now, I mean, could, there's all kinds of tracking. There's radar. There's everything. You would think, right? But the other thing is this. I mean, on my cell phone, I have something called Find My Phone. Okay? It's a little software app where if someone steals your phone or you lose your phone, you can go on another device and you can find where your phone is. Right? Right. Well... You would think they would have that on F-35, like, find my plane, you know. But apparently they don't. Now, somebody over the weekend, they were making light of this whole thing, saying, well, there was a Chinese balloon with a big net that was mm. that was flying along over North Carolina. Swooped Berlin. it up and carried away. It's <laughs> out floating over the ocean right now. Da, da, exactly. Da, 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 uh, but da, I, I just, folks, I don't know how you lose uh, an F-35 jet airplane like bill said at the very least you would think that radar would have tracked it and they would have known exactly where it went the other thing is this they're so sophisticated bill is there a possibility that the thing landed by itself could they have landed this plane by itself i mean does it have that capability can't well you know uh, is look if the plane was in trouble Mm -hmm. the pilot ejected somewhere so there's uh there's a, you know, there's a, a certain reason of probability that it's going to go a certain way and come down in a certain region. You know, you should be able to figure out where it's you would think where it's going to crash, and you would think a jet would make an explosion when it hits the ground. Yeah, it stands to reason. It's full with f- jet fuel, right? Yeah, you know, and it would stand the reason that somebody somewhere would see that thing. Wow, look at that thing! It's streaking down. Boom! Oh, yeah. it crashed. <laughs> exactly. Let's go see what it is. That's true. None of that went on, so and that makes me wonder, did the pilot eject, or was he given a false sense of sensors so that we could sit there and find a way to quietly take this plane and give it to somebody to re-engineer because it's a new plane? Here's the thing about the F-35, though. I don't know whether you're aware of this or not, but I believe that during the Obama administration, uh, the Chinese suddenly seemed to have uh, all the information they needed to make one that looks exactly like it. Yeah. They have a plane in China that looks like our F-35, and they didn't have the plans. So uh, people think that maybe Joe might have given the plans, but uh, it, it, it's amazing that all of a sudden the Chinese uh, have the kind of planes that took us years to develop you know anyway uh so if you happen to run into an f-35 if you're down in north carolina you're out for a stroll in the woods you run into this odd looking airplane uh that's just there out of nowhere that you might want to call the united states air force 
because they're missing an F-35. Yeah, I saw it driving down I-95. Now I just headed to Florida. <laughs> uh, trying to find an airport so it could take off. <laughs> I don't know. But it is a crazy story, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of weird, crazy stories. And old news that was popping up in my timeline over the weekend. I mean, I'm sitting out at the ball field, and I, I get a thing on, on, on uh, Obama. Remember the old story about him and um, his birth certificate? Mm-hmm. And it was a story that I had forgotten where they had actually did a forensic of the birth certificate, and it uh, turned out that uh, the copy that uh, they had that, you know, solidified him was a fake. They said it was Photoshopped, wasn't it? It was Photoshopped, and yeah. the way they did that, you know, you take two pieces of pa- paper, all right, and you put them together of a copy of something, uh, they will line up the, the, the headings and logos will line up perfectly in the mm-hmm. way where everything falls, you know, typed in or written in stuff. All right. If it's Photoshopped, it'll do that, which it did. If it, if it was not Photoshopped and it was the real McCoy, then it's not going to compare to other, the probability of impossibility was like, you know, slim and none. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's over the roof that it, it was a fake. Right. And it went through a lot of forensics and then the news dropped it. So I'm like, Hey, listen, you know, Obama gets away with everything. He does, because the media, they love the guy. I mean, the guy could be, uh, he could wear a swastika, and they still would love this guy. They just love Obama. I mean, think about this for a second. This was said in public by Obama, and nobody made anything of it. Listen. You just have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. Once they lose trust in their leaders, in mainstream media, in political institutions, in each other, in the possibility of truth, the game's won. Okay, so he got away with that. I mean, he said that. And, you know, just the mere fact that he put that whole paragraph together means that the guys thought about this. This is not something which just came off the top of his head. And well, if you thought about it, it's probably something he's guilty of. But, you know, you take the uh, the, the birthing thing. Well, you know, did... Uh, you know, tomorrow, Bill, the 19th, mm-hmm. uh, Malik, his brother, is supposed to be uh, uh, the guest on Tucker's program, and he's supposed to have, uh, I guess it's supposed to be a real tell-all kind Mm -hmm. of interview. Now, I I don't know whether that's still going ahead or whether they've decided to postpone that, but I know that uh, as of like about a week ago, it was being promoted as something that was going to happen on the 19th. I'm aware of the 19th because it's a a day that it's in my mind too, because another thing is happening with me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Really I'm, deep and personal. Yes, it it is indeed, yes. Uh, but anyway, uh, it'll be interesting to see if that happens. And if there is uh, the the great, uh, uh, the great uh, news that comes from this interview, you know, supposedly he's going to say that Obama was born in Kenya. This is what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Supposedly he was born in Kenya. 
that he uh, uh, is not the Barack Obama that he sold himself to us as uh, his whole life. So uh, it, it should be a, an interesting conversation. I think that the one that he had a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago with Larry Sinclair, did like mm-hmm. did like thirty or forty million uh, views. So uh, apparently, it's a topic people are interested in. Well, you got that. You got Michelle. You know, I mean, or Michael. Uh, there's a question about uh, Michael's uh, Michelle's birth certificate. Yeah, uh, and uh, I mean, Michael's got a birth certificate. But, well, there's you know. you know, and the thing is, there's there's a picture of Michelle looking an awfully lot like Michael. Uh, and, but the only thing that makes me hesitate is that you know, as well as I do, that they can do anything with Photoshop nowadays. So, yeah. You know, so, you know, what we're talking about could have been Photoshop too. You know, you can plant a lot of stories out there, even on yourself, if you're wanting to manipulate the news and yep. create conspiracies and whatnot and everything that's going on. But sometimes you got to step back and take a look at the whole picture and put the pieces together like the story in uh, Maui and Oprah and her failed thing. I gave $10 million and I'm hurt. Everybody's upset. Well, she gave $5 million. And what she's not telling you is that $5 million that she gave, along with the $5 million from The Rock, didn't come without strings. It came with strings. And that is that money is not as genuine as it sounds because their salaries – you know, it's like all these other oh, charitable organizations. I mean, $3 million of it goes right down the old toilet because it goes kicked back yeah. in salaries for somebody. So here, I'm going to give you a dollar. Uh, there's going to be a $0.90 cent processing fee on See, that. See, what, what it is, folks, is they have, they have a, a nonprofit that's running this, this whole, uh, you know, a charitable event that Oprah's pushing, meaning – uh, if she's asking, they, I guess, like Bill said, they put five million apiece. The Rock put put in five, Oprah put in five into this charity, and they're soliciting funds from the public so that they can then take those funds and distribute them uh, to the people who need it I, all around uh, all around the island of Maui. But the thing is, like Bill said, I think they I read that the chairman of this nonprofit makes like three million a year. Yeah. And, and the other people are making hundreds of thousands of dollars in salary. These are people who work for a nonprofit charitable organization. So, so it's gone over $5 million right there. And, you know, let's not forget that Oprah's going to, at the end of the year, sit there and go on her taxes, go, well, I donated $5 million to charity. Yeah. And so that's a $5 million write off that is like, getting the money back from the government. And then all of a sudden, you know, well, she's got business expenses because however they, you know, a good accountant is going to turn that $5 million expense, you know, yeah. into a profit. And, you know, they, they didn't, they gave nothing to the Hawaiians. They stole money. In the meantime, the governor of Hawaii, Josh Green gave an update on uh, the search for for people on the island. This was on Friday. Listen. Hello, everyone. Here on day 38, I'm going to give you some updates on the number of fatalities. 
Now at 97, that number dropped a little bit because the Department of Defense and all of their physical anthropologists were able to help us discern better who was in cars or in houses. So thank God, fewer people have passed away. We still have 31 open reports, and not all of those who are lost have been identified. So we get these numbers uh, more and more refined, but fewer people have been lost. We're going to do what we can to house the 7,415 people that are currently in hotel rooms, move them into long-term uh, rentals. If you have a long-term rental and you'd like to participate, contact us. We would love to rent that for 18 months. We want everyone to get housing for a long time as we rebuild. Mahalo for understanding and, and mahalo for your generosity. And this guy's amazing. What he doesn't mm-hmm. tell you in this update is that they still haven't accounted for 2,000 school children. They right. haven't accounted for 2,000. 2, Did you hear him mention in that update anything about 2,000 school children? I didn't. Yeah, now, where where are they? You know, and I think it's a fair question because, after all, the United States is the number one nation for um, importing yeah. and trafficking of yeah. children. So uh, don't sit there and take a holier-than-thou attitude. Well, we're the United States of America. No. We are. Yeah, we are. Yeah. And we're not as good as we say. You know, how many times have you seen somebody on TV that you thought, boy, what a nice person. And then you find out they weren't such a nice person, you know, and take it from us. Okay. We worked in broadcasting. I worked in broadcasting for 50 years and I know folks, I started when I was three, but the point is I was, (laughs) yeah, I was four. The point is, um, it is not the people you hear on the air that you think are your friends. Oh, he's such a good guy. Many times they're the exact opposite in real life. They aren't the people you think they are. Uh, uh, it's just the way it is. that They get on the air, they get in front of a microphone or in front of a camera, and they become somebody else. And then when you see them off the air, they're totally different. It's just, it, it, and, and that's the case, I, I'm afraid, uh, at the highest levels. You think Oprah, because she was on every afternoon at four talking about her best-selling books and talking to authors and talking to doctors like she really was your friend but let me suggest that let me submit that you didn't know her okay you didn't know her she made a ton of money now i think when somebody's worth several billion dollars they have an obligation they have an obligation to give back now, you may say, well, she she says she does give back. She has these charitable organizations. Well, this is the push-comes-to-shove moment. She lives on Maui. Those people are her neighbors. Forget the standard uh, nonprofits. This is the reach-into-your-purse moment and uh, do-the-right-thing moment. This is where if you're worth, uh, uh, even if you're just worth a billion dollars, I mean, you would think that she would turn around because, like this happened down the hill from her mansion, that she would uh, make a huge, I'm not talking about $5 million. $5 million when you're worth a a couple billion is nothing. It's nothing. I mean, it's insignificant. It's it's not going to be missed. I'm, for you and I, $5 million, that's a lot of money. But for somebody like Oprah, that's a whole different uh, thing. But yet she goes on television last week. With Nate Burleson, the former football player who is an incredible liberal and is, I'm sorry, 
if you're if you are a, a, a liberal in these days, you're as dumb as a box of rocks. I'm sorry. You you cannot go around in this environment and and believe the nonsense the left is throwing at you and and think they're right. You know? I mean, they're killing our country. They're destroying everything that that made us what we are. The stability in this country is shot to hell thanks to your friends on the left. Mm-hmm. I mean, down at the border, my God, that we had a we had it under control just uh, three years ago, and now thanks to this fool that we have in in Washington, we are now uh, on the precipice of destruction. They say that. They say that illegal immigration is absolutely through the roof. Jeff Van Van Drew is a former Democrat from New Jersey. He was the representative, you may remember, who during the Trump administration said, no, nah, I can't be a Democrat anymore. I'm going to be a Republican. Well, Jeff Van Drew was being interviewed uh, on Fox uh, a few days ago, and he was talking about a town in his state, New Jersey, which is in the Northeast, right? I mean, right. it's uh, it's not a border state. And he was talking about a small town with a little airport that's being used by the federal government to drop off illegals. And by the way, when they drop them off, they just drop them off. Listen. Kind of like a mina. So my understanding, and first of all, welcome, and, and my understanding is that this airport is in a very rural farm town. What do you make of that? What are, what are you hearing from the constituents um, that live there about their ability to you know, provide resources for this kind of an influx? They can't provide the resources. This is a town of 50,000 people. Uh, Atlanta County can't do it. This town can't do it. It should have never happened. Hopefully it won't happen. We're going to fight this with every ounce of strength that we have. It is the wrong thing. You know, when we said what was happening at the southern border was going to affect the entire United States of America, this is what happens. It's not just, I want people that are listening out there. This is not just an Arizona problem or a Texas problem or a California problem. This is a United States of America problem. And now they want to come into our beautiful county, our beautiful South Jersey, and try to ruin that as well. There's also a national defense issue here. This is a very, very important issue to understand. We have the FAA Technical Center there who's doing very important work, some of it which is very significant for the safety of this country in air flight. And we have our F-16s that are there as part as of our defense as well, um, as part of the Air National Guard, 177 fighter wing. They are the first line of defense for Washington, D.C. and New York City. This is a disaster in the making. I think this is the worst administration I used to say in my lifetime. No, this is the worst administration in the history of the United States of America. You know, Congress, and yet you see, Congressman, you see that the mayor of New York, the governor of New York, their solution is give us more money um, and we'll find more places to put, you know, to put these people. And they're working with the administration to do that. It just doesn't make sense. If you have this many people that you can't house, that you don't have enough money to do it, um, that you're willing to even put it in places that you say could you know compromise our national security the answer is to go to the border and seal it and shut it down 
it's so obvious. Uh, literally, an elementary school child could understand. So why are they, they doing it? Why, why are they leaving the border open? I mean, you were a Democrat. Explain to those of us with common sense, how come, why are they allowing this to happen? It's purposeful, it's destructive, and it's corrupt. It is to change the social structure of the United States of America. It's literally self-destructive. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, that's why we need an impeachment inquiry. It's just another reason. That you, don't want to do, you don't want to do the impeachment yet. At least do the impeachment inquiry, because in my committee, we would allow us to go forward and to have more powers for subpoena, to allow us to have more powers to investigate. We need to know every single thing that's going on. This is not a mistake. It's not an accident. It is purposeful and it's harmful and it's the wrong thing to do. And he's not fulfilling his obligations as a president of the United States. And you know what? We don't want to be a sanctuary airport. If they want to be a sanctuary city in New York City, that's up to them. It's hurting the city tremendously, too. He was a former Democrat. Jeff Van Drew, he was a former Democrat, and he said it was it's purposeful. It means it's intentional. They want to change the fabric of our country. I should point out that for a second, I lost Bill again. They pulled the plug mm -hmm. on us. And you know what happens when when that happens? Uh, the, the picture of my, my partner here freezes. Well, yeah. it, it froze this time around. In a very uh, intense look on your face, like you were really listening to every word that I was saying. And I thought, boy, my comments must be riveting. <laughs> and then I realized that you weren't moving at all. But anyway. No, 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 no. And I found it interesting, too. It was during the, uh, the, the actuality. And I'm sitting there listening. All of a sudden, the video and everything dropped. And it was clean. And I'm going... That was a switch being thrown. And I can say that most assuredly because it happened last week on not one, two, three, but I think four occasions on us. Right. Uh, and it's it's not the them doing work on the lines or solar glares or anything like that. No, this, my friends, is somebody listening because we've actually sat there and caught them in the background where yeah. you, you, you hear them you know, eating their Twinkies or whatever the hell they're doing, <laughs> you know, get a new job. Yes. Well, you would think if I find out who you are, I'll knock the hell out of you. <laughs> and I can say that because you're not really listening. I'm that's just saying it. that to the air. <laughs> uh, that's it. You're trying to, you're trying to lure them out. I know you, but anyway, uh, Jeff Andrew was interesting. He said that this is purposeful. They're trying desperately to, uh, change the fabric of our country and and it's in, they're doing it. I mean it used to be when well, first yeah. when they first started to do this it was just affecting the border towns El Paso, Lubbock, all these you know they were all being affected. Lubbock isn't a border town, but you know it, it, what I'm saying the southern state towns were being affected. But now uh Jeff Andrews up in New Jersey they're dropping them off there, they're dropping them off in Pittsburgh and Boston. They're all over the place. I mean, we got mil we got hundreds, millions of people who weren't here a couple of years ago roaming the streets. And now we're starting to see, and I'm sure you've seen this too, news mm. stories where, you know, so-and-so murders such-and-such, you know, young mother of two killed by illegal. I mean, these things 
are happening and they shouldn't be happening in our country. If the administration cared about the people who live in this country, they would never do something like this, but they don't care. Well, I I tend to wonder if uh, that we really had a say. You know, you go back to the thing that we mentioned about Obama. Let's just say that he was uh, he was somebody that was put in place by certain powers that be. It was Oprah that introduced us to Obama that uh, got him on the forefront. So let's just say, you know, the staging of presidents went back to then, although it might may have gone further back. But Obama gave us uh, what was it, a DACA bill where, you know, about yeah. the borders and everything, uh, yeah. and uh, which was ruled last week. It's illegal. It was illegal. It's actually so, been, you ruled, know, it's been ruled illegal a couple of times, and they've overturned it. You know, yeah. they, they keep but, throwing it out there like it's something that should be and will be eventually accepted. But it keeps, like well, you said, it keeps getting uh, thrown out by the. I mean, you've got you've got people that have come across the border illegally. Now, United States is a country of immigrants. All right, we always have vetted people in, but we've done it properly. I think we're the only nation uh, that has taken down its borders under the Obama and Biden administration, and there's a reason behind it. And what it is, I don't know. The narrative out there. Well, we don't want to be like Japan. You know, Japan's going to go away because they're not producing a population anymore. Births are down, so they have to they have to immigrate, but they have no they have strict immigration policies over there. Hell, we got none here. Do you, you remember know? when our lying media uh, in 2016 and 2017 started to make an issue out of the fact that Trump was putting illegal immigrants into cages on the border? Do you remember that? Yeah, and that was actually, and it, was it was Obama proven, that yeah. put the cages yeah. there. It was Obama that put the kids in it. Yeah, well, do you know what lights. they just found out? They announced this past week that Biden is putting people in the border in cages. Well, but it's not a story anymore. You know? It, no, it, of course not. It, it, this dishonest you know, media that we have, uh, they won't talk about it if it's being done by their side. But what they don't understand, it is a grab for power. They think, well, it's going to be the Democrats that rule. We're going to have it the way we want. No, you, your mind has been manipulated. They came in and they found your hot button. Listen, we want, we want a, we want a rainbow society. If that's your button, they've divided you. They've compartmentalized you and you're on their page. But they also know who you are, what you are, and where you are. And when they get exactly what they want, they know who you are, what you are, and where you are. And they will take care of you in due course. Mm. Trust me. They can give two flips about who you are, where you are, and what you are, except that you exist. And at some point in time, they ain't going to need you. You know what's really interesting? The, uh, the Democrats for the longest time, especially the mayors of these big cities, Guys like Eric Adams, they bragged, they spoke with great pride about the fact that they were sanctuary cities, that everybody was welcome here. It's just what we are, being the liberal Democrats that we are. Well, uh, the mayor of Los Angeles, Karen Bass, was being interviewed about uh, being a sanctuary city and Mm -hmm. the illegals. And here's what she said. Listen very carefully. 
What they're trying to do is destabilize cities because it's Chicago, it's Washington, D.C., it's New York. It's the narrative that these are Democratic-run cities and that we don't know how to govern and that everything is chaotic here. We live in a city that welcomes immigrants. And so I think we have been able to handle it. But I am fearful that any day planes could start coming. (laughs) Did you hear that? She says, we're a city that welcomes people. But I am fearful that planes will start coming, meaning planes filled with illegals. And then uh, then she'll have to put up or shut up, you know? Well, you know what? I welcome I welcome immigration too. But you know what? Go through the proper channels and let's make sure that the people that we bring in want to be a part of and accept our values, traditions, and standards. Most every American has come from another country. The family came from another country. We're all immigrants, but we came in here through the front door. If you had a house, would you unlock the back door and let anybody who wants to walk in just walk into your house? Well, Jim, we don't have, we've taken the doors down all the way around the house. Yeah, you know, just come true. on in. It's a party. It's your party. And uh, if you need us to leave, we will. You can kick us out of our house. It's uh, Mikasa Yukasa. It's it's your place. Yeah, sure. Listen, hey, look, food in the refrigerator, take all you want. No problem. Yeah. Want to sleep in the bed upstairs? Yeah, that's that's my room, but you can have it because, yeah. because you got in through the back door. So I'm not going to yeah. stop you. How would you like to be somebody who lives you know, on a border town in Texas what or are, Arizona. Wow. Uh, I wouldn't uh, that that valuable property is worth squat now. And we're yep. letting people through. You've even got guys climbing the fence over there with the help of uh, gorillas. I mean, the, oh, the yeah. cartel I saw that. that are coming over in camouflage and I'm like, wait a minute. You know, I could, I could read a lot of things into this guy's coming over in camouflage because the, apparently the gates are open. So what is he is he a mule? Did you read the drugs? story? You read the story about the woman. It, it, mind you, this was written ob- obviously by somebody on the left, but mm. an illegal woman scaled the wall, and apparently she fell. And when she fell, she died, which is a tragedy. It's sad, but they're making it sound like she wouldn't have had to do that if there wasn't a wall there. Well, wait a second. Nobody suggested that she climb it. You know. But that's still what she did. But the left flips the normal things around, the things that things stories that that uh, make sense don't make sense, and vice versa. Do you know what I'm saying? That's what the left is doing nowadays. I mean, it's like that guy who stood in front of the burning building during the riots a few years ago, Antifa. You know, back in was it 2020? When uh, the cities were burning in the, in uh, Portland and Seattle and um, Minneapolis, uh, there's a guy standing in front of a burning building, a reporter, I think, for MSNBC, right. and he's saying, well, these are mostly peaceful demonstrations. In the meantime, behind him, there are guys throwing furniture and stuff into the, into the fire. Yeah. Uh, it is raging out of control. And, and, I mean, it just doesn't make sense and they don't want you to believe your lying eyes they just don't know they they don't and you know what they know one thing because they've already they control the schools they control the history they control the youth my son made it very clear he'll be 21 coming up in 
November. But his generation goes like we were talking about 911 the other day. Didn't happen in our lifetime. Mm. We don't care. And as I looked around and talked to a lot of young people, <laughs> we don't care. We laugh at that because it didn't affect them. Here's what I'm going to say subtly to anybody that wow. is a millennial and beyond. Wake up, smell the roses, and pay attention. Learn your history. If you don't know the history, you don't know from where you came, and you don't know where the hell you're going. Well, do you know how many young people don't believe the Holocaust happened? Right. And I'm just saying, if you you wash it out of your mind, it's not important. It didn't happen in my lifetime. It'll never happen again. The hell it won't. What do you think the, the people that said when it happened to them? Oh, this will never happen again. But if you look in the history, events very similar to it have happened time and time and time again. The old saying, history repeats itself. Yeah, There's a reason for that saying, because it repeats itself. And if you don't know your history, You're you don't bound, know what you got coming. What's the saying? If you, a man who doesn't know history is bound to repeat it. Yeah. You know, But they don't seem to have a value of history. A lot of the young people, they don't seem to appreciate where we've been, uh, and it, it's sad. That, that Maybe that's why we're in the, the state that we're in. They spend more time playing video games and watching sporting events than they do paying attention to what's happening in the real world around them. Yeah. In the real when, world. When you pay attention to what's happening in the real, real world, I mean, we're at war with Russia. Most people don't realize it. We're at war with Russia, you know, and it, yeah. and it all gets back to, you know, look, look at, uh, I think Trump is the only uh, sitting former president of past and present where Russia, Putin, hasn't tried to do something aggressively. Trump is the only one because you, you look at under, well, Clinton started that whole bandwagon when Putin said, yeah, he wanted to be a part of NATO. Mm-hmm. And he didn't get in uh, because, you know. Um, well, you have to have Clinton, a villain. Clinton looked at him. Huh? They have to have a, a villain. The left has Yeah, to. well, I was just going to say. Yeah. Because Clinton looked at him and said no and laughed at him. And that's when Putin realized the only hold that the United States really has on anything is this European NATO Union. So... That's what it is. It's muscle, and and he was the bad guy. So all of a sudden, under Bush, the Bushes, and under Obama, he's done aggressive things. Under Biden, he's done aggressive things. Under Trump, Trump understood that he hasn't done that. But now he's attacking our dollar. Everything you know, the American dollar rules the world. But there's another. I forget what it, is. it starts with a B. I think whatever it is. Um, but it's the the dollar that they're looking at now that they brought a lot of dollars under. Uh, South Africa has come into it. India has come into it. And it's rivaling the United States. And what's going to happen is you take down the dollar, you take down our economy, we're done. And we've already opened our borders. I mean, why are we sitting there doing this? We have got the perfect location for a country to be. We've got... Well, you know, a weak country up north, they're they're weak to the south, so we're fortified that way. We got oceans 
on both sides of us. We're protected that way. You know, we're not an easy country to take down. And we have a very sophisticated, strong military. But yet we sit there and seem to want to take it and just poof, open up the borders. Let's take down that wall. Mm. You know, let's let's sit there and allow the economy to go to hell in a handbasket. Maybe it's the because news- the people who are running our country right now don't have our best interest at heart. No, they don't. They don't. Yeah, they don't have the country's best interest at heart. And, you know, the news is even can't they can't even deny the fact now and cover the fact. And there was a story to that effect over the weekend that, yeah, it's really hard uh, to hide anymore. The 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 Hunter Joe connection and the crimes that they have committed. And we're talking not just regular old, you know, uh, mobster type crimes. We're talking about treason. So you talk about the Chinese having the F thirty five, a clone plane. Up. Yeah. Well, I bet you that goes right back to Mister uh, Mister Biden during the Obama administration. Sure. So those two clowns but, ought to be in prison. And trust me, do not do not cut uh, do not cut a, give a pass to Obama because if Joe was making these deals, you he know, knew. he knew Obama knew. He I mean, knows right now. Exactly. He's running the... Hey, look, do you think that Joe's calling the shots? Joe's a thug. He is a thug. He's a mobster hitman. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I hate to... I mean, he doesn't, it doesn't bother him, Bill, that people's lives are being destroyed on a daily basis. He doesn't with, care. With he overdoses. No overdoses. Fentanyl overdoses that wouldn't be happening... If they controlled the border, because they don't control the border, our country is being flooded with all this crap, all this terrible, vile stuff. And if he cared, if Biden cared about your family, your children, he would be fighting like Trump fought. You know, you don't like Trump. Oh, Trump is a bad guy. You know, well, you, you, all you have to do is look how hard he fought to protect us from the bad people, the real bad people, the cartels, the villains of the world, all right? Trump did that, but you don't see the the media giving him his credit. All they want to do is attack the guy and the people on the left who just aren't paying attention. I mean, look at I have friends who are liberals. I have friends who are woke, and for the most part, they're, my, they're still my friends, but the fact of the matter is, when it comes to politics, they just haven't got a, a clue about what's really going on. They they live and they work in, on emotions. Everything is, oh, I don't like how Trump looks. His hair is orange, and Trump says so many egotistical things. I don't give a darn what Trump looks like or what he says. I care about his performance. His performance was masterful. His you know, perform- he was... Go ahead, Bill. He was reveled and loved before he ever ran for president. As a matter of fact, the Democrats courted him, but he realized yeah. that he didn't want anything to do with this. And if you go back and look at the old interviews, even with Oprah, they were impressed with him because oh, they, loved they were, but... He did not represent the deep state, and you didn't know how deep those waters were until he got into office 
and really started turning things around. They don't like that. The left today, the deep state, they're they're so busy trying to divide. They're going after the church to compartmentalize and and divide it into factions so they can take down the church. If you and you say, no, come on, Bill, you're making that up. You look at the news. There's the American Federation of Christians. It's a not very old group, and I really can't find any uh, religious background to it except that they're trying to divide and take their talking points and weave them into the church and radicalize the church and tear it apart. Because when they do that, they're going to do just like they've done to human sexuality. Well, you identify it in California. It's now become a grab for your child. They can't grab land anymore. So they'll grab what really gets to the heart and soul of matter, uh, your kids, you know, because you don't like their trans, their, their gender identity that we programmed into them then you're not a good parent. We're going to have to take them away. So they're, they're attacking they are, everything and they everyone. Are, they're gradually, but they're constantly trying to infuse socialism, dare I say, communism, into our society. They're trying to make that the norm. They're doing it slowly, but it, it is constantly happening. And that's the thing that scares me more than anything. They really are trying to, while it's almost like, you know, when they t- you take a frog and you put it in boiling water, if the water's cool when you put the frog in and you gradually turn the heat up very, very slowly, eventually the frog is, is just going to succumb from the heat. But it's not going to panic like it would have panicked if you just threw it into the boiling water. It's the gradual increase of heat that the frog doesn't notice that is the ultimate thing that brings it down. And that's what's happening to our country right now. This administration is gradually but constantly changing everything about our system. Look at the judicial system we have right now. Look at at what the—we have got judges who are doing openly illegal things in the name of the law— I mean, they're indicting a former president. They're doing things that, considering right now, gagging the number one presidential candidate in our country, above Biden, above everybody else. They want to gag him. Uh, I mean, we could go I, on. I've read stories saying, you know, yeah, Trump's numbers are dropping. Well, no. they're really not dropping, but they're going to be. they're going to be dropping. They're trying to do that. They're trying to tear this guy down. And it's driving them nuts because they can't. I don't know where you read that because I just saw a survey came out this week that Trump is literally like 13 points ahead of Biden. Yeah, that's true. But what I'm saying is they come out with these stories saying Trump is losing numbers, but he's not. And then they come back and qualify and saying, well, he's going to because of this and this and this. So in other words... They're taking their wishful thoughts and yeah. turning it into a story. But the simple fact is, yeah. he's not losing. He's growing because every day some people are waking up and even the news is having a hard time covering for everything. And why, 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 if you've got any brain at all and you're in the news, do you want to sit there and, you know, keep telling a lie unless you're that Because stupid. you're not a real news person. You're that stupid. Yeah, you're you're a propagandist, period, pure and simple. You're not there to report the news. You're out there to report a, a story. Um, 
Another well, you know, thing is you can't trust everybody on our side either. No, you can't. You know, uh, a case in point, a guy that I liked a lot was Tom Cotton. Uh, he's a senator from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tom Cotton, uh, Roger Wicker of uh, Mississippi, uh, Susan Collins of Maine, and Lindsey Graham of South Carolina have penned a letter to Joe Biden urging him to send MGM-140 Army Tactical Missile Systems to the Ukraine. The senators argue that uh, not doing so will only prolong the war between the Ukraine and Russia. The senator's proposal is misguided and perilous for the United States and global stability, to say the very least. They don't, ca- but they don't care. I mean, this guy Tom Cotton. You think he? You think that he would pause for a second and say, "Wait a second, do the American people really want to be more involved in this senseless war?" They keep talking about it like it, like it's some kind of a great noble cause. It's being run by the one of the most corrupt governments in the, on the planet, the Ukrainian government. You know, Zelensky. Yeah. You know, we've, how soon we forget. You realize that Zelensky, uh, he closed down. Zelensky closed down the church in the yeah. Ukraine about uh, six months ago. He, the church wasn't going along with the narrative of the state, so. Instead of talking to the church and getting them to uh, maybe come to some middle ground, Zelensky just decided to close down the Ukrainian National Church altogether. Is that a noble, free thing that uh, a, a, a great democracy would be promoting? Do you think that that's the kind of thing we would have promoted in this country? Well, maybe today with this administration they may promote that, but uh, for the longest for centuries we prided ourselves uh, separation of church and state. You know, you could say what you want to say, and you could believe what you want to believe. We're a free well, Russia country. Russia is winning. Russia is actually winning the Ukraine war, and a lot of people are now are coming to the conclusion that, yeah, they are. Yeah. They're probably not going in as with the force that they can, which tells you something. It is in the deep state's best interest that you have a divided Russia, and that that's why under Clinton, Obama, the Bushes, and Biden, uh, Russia uh, has gone after different factions, um, and they're going after the Ukraine. The outcome of the Ukraine is not really probably the important thing. It, you know, in in the long scheme of things, and we need to get out of the war business. But that's how we make money. Well, did you hear last week? But we played it. Um... Russia has a hundred thousand more troops than the Ukrainians, but so just by attrition, uh, the Russians are going to win the war. It's, uh, they are losing. The Ukrainians are losing far more soldiers on a daily basis than the Russians are, and the Russians right. have a hundred thousand more troops. Just you know, that's the way it is uh, than the Ukrainians. I'm not a math whiz by any stretch of the imag- imagination, but uh, just the sheer numbers say that the Russians are going to win, period. Now, I did hear it over the weekend, a, a, a politician, a U.S. politician, promote the idea that maybe we're going to have to get involved militarily ourselves, the United States. Why? Bill, you, you're asking the wrong guy. I, I don't think this war is, we shouldn't have anything to do with this war. This shouldn't be our, uh, our war. 
But well, yet, let, let's 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 just further say I don't know that we have a lot of time, but we don't. But you know, we've got things that we need to do. You know, because we got a lot of fronts here that we need to fix. Borders, I would say, is probably number one. You know, we need to fix our our economy because right now things are going out of control. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, we got to work on the economy. What else do we need? Infrastructure. To work on? infrastructure bridges well, that's always... highways you know well you know what i think that's just a buzzword they don't really care about the infrastructure it is important to do but you know putin made it uh, made a comment one time to uh, z that you know the united states you have these politicians come in they promise you a lot and they they're well spoken and then they get into office and they're not around for a long time and they don't do anything but you know, the, the, they don't do any of what they said. Of course they don't. He goes, right. so right. there must be there must be something bigger in co- control of them. In other words, even Putin says there's a deep state. There's We're not what oh, we I pretend think he, to be. I, I think he absolutely knows that there's a deep state. He probably, yeah. he probably has a list of names of people who run the deep state. Yeah, you know, the, the, like we talked about a few minutes ago about the fact that there was a time when Russia wanted to be a part of NATO, and right. they, and we turned we we lobbied that that not happen because well, it was in because yeah, it we was in wanted our, but, Russia to be the villain. We have yeah. we always have got to have a villain. If yeah. we have nobody who's a villain, then we can't keep fighting wars. Well, let me just say it this way. You know, our, our white hat was made out of a dirty diaper. And I'm just telling you that right now. We are not the good guys that we purport to be. So what else well, do we you need know, to we, do around we, this? We blew up the uh, Nord Look, at, let's not Nord kid Stream, it. yeah. Yeah, we blew up Nord Stream, the pipeline. You know, Tucker was uh, in, in uh, Europe, in Hungary, um, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. And uh, he was recording, he recorded a video while he was driving. Uh, and uh, I've been wanting to play this. He had had an interview with the president of Serbia. Listen. We just met with the president of Serbia, who is advertised is smart and aware and has perspective that you don't get in the United States uh, very often. One of the points he made is that the war in Ukraine, the war against Russia led by NATO, has crushed the European economy, the destruction of Nord Stream by the Biden administration, either directly or through proxies, is killing the German economy. And the German economy is the largest economy in Europe by far. And so the downstream effects of that one NATO country effectively attacking another NATO country are felt throughout Europe. And that's crazy. That's completely crazy. This war is hurting everybody. Uh, possibly with the exception long-term of Russia and empowering everybody outside of Europe, the Gulf states, China, Turkey. So you're really seeing the world reset in response uh, to this war. It's a little more complicated than Hitler versus Churchill, good versus bad, uh, democracy. It's really about a massive shift in power away from the United States and the West to the East. Uh, It's all happening right now, but very few people in our country seem aware of it for some reason. And you know what's interesting? Um, The NATO members, they know who destroyed the pipeline. 
They all sure know. They do. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. You know, before you play the audio, I was thinking, you know, Tucker, very well-spoken guy. Everybody knows who he is now. Is he not going to think about getting into politics? Actually, I've heard people suggest that he Trump he do that, but uh, I, I have also heard that he has put a massive, dangerous target on himself uh, by the deep state. Uh, there are people right. out there who say that he is uh, a, a, literally a, a target of assassination. Well, he's a target whether he does what he does. If he shuts up and lives at home, where is he, Connecticut? He's in Maine. Maine, Maine. Okay, he's yeah. in Maine. So he's in Maine. Doesn't matter where he is, even if he shuts up, he's a target. So if you're going to be a target, you may as well hey, be an effective target. Speaking of targets, you know, out of all the people on the political stage right now, the guy who uh, is probably the most sensitive guy to assassination, the word assassination, is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. His mm-hmm. uncle was assassinated and his father was assassinated, right? So yeah. what happened last week? Last week, he's at a Hispanic oh, yeah. uh, speech. I guess it was, this was Friday. And he's giving a speech, and his guards stopped a guy who's had tattoos all over him. He's dressed in a, uh, it says EMS on the back, but he's got a U.S. Marshal's badge on his belt, and he's got a lanyard around his neck with U.S. Marshal's identity on it. And he's got two fully loaded guns with spare clips. And he's demanding to be uh, taken to to uh, Kennedy because he's part of, quote, his security. He's telling the guards who stopped him, hey, don't stop me. I'm part of, of Kennedy's security. Well, these guards, thank goodness, checked. And they didn't know who this character was. But, but now they're trying to make it sound like, well, it was just a misunderstanding. I mean, yeah. the, the, the guards aren't trying to make This guy's people, this guy's brother, this guy is saying, hey, I thought I had a job, a day job uh, on security. And no, no, you don't walk into an event with a fake U.S. Marshal's badge and ID and was pretend- it a fake badge or was it one that was? See, I, I would have. No, it was a real badge. It was. Yeah. See, it was a real so, U.S. Marshal's badge. So w- find that U.S. Marshal that I went to, and say, "What what happened to your badge, clown?" And if he goes, uh, "It's not my badge," you know. See, what I'm thinking is this sounds like right out of the playbook from 1963. You know. It's this. Yeah, it's the same kind of. Well, you know, in 1968, uh, when his his father mm-hmm. gave a speech at the, I think it was the Roosevelt Hotel, well, a hotel mm-hmm. in in uh, in Los Angeles, and he said, "Now it's on to Chicago and uh, the nomination." And he went through the kitchen area of this hotel, and he was assassinated, and it was because it was because they weren't paying attention. His security wasn't really paying attention. They allowed people to swarm him that shouldn't have even been around him. I mean, you would think that a presidential candidate, if he was go- if he was cutting through the kitchen nowadays, they would clear the kitchen. Everybody, everybody out of the kitchen, just as security and the candidate. 
but he was walking through this crowd of people in the kitchen and he was assassinated. And by the way, they tried to tell you Sirhan, Sirhan shot him from the back, yet they've just come out recently and said, I think Robert Kennedy Jr. said this, that the bullets that took out his father were from the front. Yeah, so, the magic bullet that was found yeah. on the ground that was clean had nothing on it, but it was evidence because the you guy mean, from 60... 16- you mean in John Kennedy's assassination. Oh, yeah, yeah. John Kennedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was the magic bullet. Either way. Yeah. But what I'm saying is they used the same playbook over yeah. and over and over again, but the American public, because we don't remember our history, we don't catch on. And do you know what? <laughs> Robert Kennedy Jr. has been asking for Secret Service protection. He's a they major. Won't give it to him. He's a major candidate. He is a major candidate, right? He is the only one, I believe, on the whole political uh, landscape right now who doesn't have Secret Service protection. He has private protection. They won't give him secret. You would think that the one that the Democrats would be the most sensitive to would be Robert F. Kennedy Jr. You would think that just because of who he is and who his uncle and father were, that they would just automatically protect him. But Biden and his swine, they won't give him protection. So, Of course not. No, they don't want to. We could go on, my friend, but uh, we've just about done it. We have uh, – it's a busy news cycle. A lot of things are happening. And uh, I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about. Uh, tomorrow and the next day. Hopefully there will be a tomorrow show. Uh, <laughs> we'll just leave it at well, that. Well, you know what? I mean, when I said, uh, I wasn't kidding about saying we are at war with Russia. Uh, it may not be a traditional war, but it can go to the traditional form. And I think we are very close to that because, and there are people in Washington that don't care, you know, because yeah. they're protected. We profit from it. Um, and you know it's it's to a point to where maybe they want it, Bill. Well, I've, heard, I've, heard, I've heard some people say that rather than giving up power to the uh, the right, they would prefer us to get into some kind of a world crisis that they believe will galvanize their position in government and 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 get us all to look to the the crisis as opposed to the political. Scene. Well, I think we are the pawn, and uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, if if they're going to give up control to the right or to Trump, oh my God, that's the people's man. Uh, then they will they would they would more gladly go to war than to have that happen. And we may be going to war anyway, even if the Trump thing didn't happen. And but they're willing to risk it because I think they think it. Look, it's a do or die situation. One other thing over the weekend, I don't know whether you saw this or not, but John Fetterman was there's a video he posted of him doing about 70 miles an hour on a western Pennsylvania highway in his Jeep Wrangler, I guess. And he's What's driving the speed limit in Pennsylvania. I, I don't know, it's 65. 65. Yeah, but anyway, he, he's obviously moving right along and he is driving. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a second. This Why guy he had driving? a he had a major stroke. He he has a hard time putting a sentence together. Yet he's behind the wheel and he's driving down the highway. It's a photo op. But Why was he driving? Why wouldn't well, he fly? I mean, well, I he was going to a, a a union event in Detroit. 
So why it's only, wouldn't he fly? Nancy flies everywhere. Yeah, but the thing is, why is He's he driving? He's a stroke victim uh, with with cognitive problems. Would you want to be on a highway with this guy behind you? I would think that he. Uh, I no. would think that he. I I would think that he probably broke some law somewhere. Maybe his insurance company wouldn't cover him if he got into an accident because the guy had a stroke. I mean, the guy can't put a whole sentence together. You think he can understand what a traffic light means? If he gets into a situation when he passes, when he has to pass somebody and get quickly back into the right lane, do you think he'll be able to figure that thing out? I'm just, I'm just saying. But uh, then he got to the. he got to the event, which he grabbed a picket sign because he wanted to show his solidarity with union members. And uh, they asked him a couple of questions. And again, he got a little confused, but, and I'm not going to play that. But he doesn't sound quite as confused as he sounded, you know, a year ago. And maybe that's just healing. Who knows? Or maybe it's not the same guy. <laughs> that's that's something for another show. Hey, anyway, look look at have a have a great day, my friend. Uh, if you want to reach us, 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. There's mail at itsanotherday.com. There's uh, mail at jimandbill.com and jimandbill at mail.com. So, yeah, you got three ways to get a hold of us. So do it. All your bases are covered. So, uh if you want to reach us, by all means, do so. Also, you can listen to us on Amazon, Amazon Music, and uh, I, what is it, iTunes, and iHeartRadio. Uh, Heart all you have to do with iHeart is say Jim and Bill uh, under podcast, and we'll we'll be there. Uh, and tell your friends, please pass the word, uh, share our show with uh, your friends and neighbors, because we're growing. In leaps and bounds, as they as they would say. So, without any further ado, I will ask you, Mister uh, Mister Knight, to close this thing with your usual uh, your usual line. The usual line that yeah. would be uh, "Hasta la vista, baby. We're out of here." The voice of freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>